This is The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca. Toronto's News, Today's Talk, 640 Toronto. Happy Sunday and welcome to The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. And um, I got to say, yes, I'm a mom. I'm a mom of three. Samantha's now 11. Uh, I was going to say, I was going to skip Lily and go straight to Marcus. See what happens when you're a mom of three, you forget children. <laughs> Liliana is nine and Marcus is seven. And a lot has changed. So much has changed. So I was like, you know what? I want, I want to be, I want to be in the loop as to what is going on with parenting these days, because I know a lot of you guys at home listening uh, might be expecting your first or second or third, um, or, you know, are brand new to parenthood. And so I was like, you know what, I, you can't, you can't relate to me. Like I'm a dinosaur right now when it comes to motherhood. So I was like, you know what, I need to bring on the coolest, hippest, youngest mom I know. And, uh, and of course I'm talking about my good friend, Tori Halpin. She is the mom of two soon to be three boy, boy, and girl is on the way. She's also a content creator. And uh, she's just amazing. Like her, the content you put out there, Tori, like it blows my mind. I've known you since before you were a mom. And then I saw one come along, two come along. And now three is on its way. Um, Tori, how are you? I'm good. I just forgot about that. When I first met you, I was tagging along with my mom to parenting conferences, like helping out, assisting behind the scenes. And I was learning from all you guys. <laughs> and and can we talk about your mom for a second? Because if you guys have been listening to the parenting show for a while, you know who Tori's mom is. She's one of my good friends, Kathy Buckworth, parenting expert, uh, parenting guru, like someone I look up to as a mentor. And it's so funny that, you know what I mean? Like, it's just full circle. It's full circle. Um, but now you're you're a mama. I know. I know. I'm here. It's weird when I, when my mom was doing her own thing, I wasn't thinking, oh, I want to do that too. That seems so great talking about parenting all the time. And then it just sort of happened and everyone's like, oh, do you do this because your mom? And I'm like, no, but I guess maybe she <laughs> planted the seed that it's not weird to talk about like your life on social media, <laughs> but yeah, it's strange. It's, um, and you know what? It, it also, I remember having you and your mom in studio because we did yeah. a show when you just had your baby yeah I can't remember how old your your oldest one was at the time well I only know because COVID started when he was four months old and it was before that so he was less than four months old and he was in studio with us that is insane yeah and now he's that is three. <laughs> or he's over three <laughs> so the oldest is three yeah oldest the... is three Owen is three Cam is one and a half and then the youngest is going to be born in May so there we are. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And it, it's funny because, like you said, you know, um, it's not something that you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get into this content creation type of world and focus on parenting because, you know, that's that's what my mom does. And that's what she's known for. You kind of just naturally like fell into it. And your angle is like no other that I've seen before, because it's all about gentle parenting. It is so different, Tori. I look at your stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh, like so much has changed even in the last seven years. If I'm looking at my youngest Marcus to what is happening today, I just feel like so much has changed. So, okay. 
I'm going to back it up a bit. Like, for those listening at home, they're probably wondering, gentle parenting, what does that mean? Help yeah, us out. Thinking, wow, this is a permissive parent whose kid walks all over her because I think you hear gentle parenting. I think I actually first heard the term gentle parenting from my own mom. And she was like, make, I was like a teen, but this is in my mind. She was like making fun of gentle parenting. So I always thought, oh, what is that? And then I sort of learned about it. And I was like, oh, wait, this is what I'm doing anyways. And it's not what you think. So you might think people always say, oh, I knew gentle parents and their kids were running around everywhere, not listening, no rules, no boundaries. They can do whatever they want. That is not gentle parenting. That is permissive parenting. <laughs> okay, so there's a big difference. Big difference. Gentle parenting is closer to like sort of our parent style of parenting where it's like you need to do this and you need to do this now because I said so. It's actually closer to that than permissive parenting. So an example would be you're at the park with your kids and your kid starts to cry because they don't want to go home. Permissive parent would say, okay, yeah, we can stay at the park just because it's your kid wants to do it. It's easier. There they are. An old school type parent would say, we're going home right now. Be quiet or else we're never coming back. That's <laughs> <Gentle> parenting. <laughs> That's Gentle Tina parenting? <laughs> Gentle parenting. You are still holding that boundary. You're still saying it's time to go home now. You're not faltering on that, but you are also saying, I know you feel sad about that. Could I give you a hug? We are still going home. So you're validating their feeling, but the boundary is still being held every single time. You still have firm boundaries, firm expectations, but you're treating them with respect and you're still validating everything that they're feeling is valid, but the boundary is still being held. I like that. Yeah. I think that, you know what, there, there has to be something said with the way that, you know, we were brought up um, and how our parents raised us. So I love that, you know, there are the boundaries there, but I also love that you're, you know, taking into consideration their feelings so that they are feeling heard and acknowledged. Yeah, and um, it's treat any person in your life that you love and respect, but for some reason we just boss our kids around and then we want them to treat us with respect back. And if someone in your life, an adult is saying, oh, I want to... I want you to go to the movies right now with me. You wouldn't just say no and shut them down. You would say, oh, I would love to go to the movies with you right now. I can't because we're doing X, Y, and Z. So it's not this thing, oh, we're not preparing them for the real world. We're actually talking to them exactly how we want them to talk to us when they're older and exactly how they're going to be spoken to in the real world. Any adult that you love and respect, that is how we should talk to our kids as well. Yeah, and I think that there's a huge divide there where it's like a lot of people miss that point because you automatically assume, well, I'm talking to this little human and they can't comprehend and understand, or maybe the words I'm using um, is too much like an adult conversation. So how does one even start? Like, uh, help me out here because I'm new to all of this. And is, wait, oh, I've got, it's a two part question. No, I'm going to hold back on the second part. Hold back <laughs> Let's back. start baby you start at the beginning and it's sort of like, oh, but my 18 month old, they won't understand me. That's fine if they're not going to understand your exact words. They're going to understand the boundary that you're holding. So I always get comments. Oh, I could never do. I can never cook with my kids because they would just throw stuff all over the kitchen. Sure. My kids did that too the first time. And then I took it away and they saw that cause and effect right away. And oh, if you're going to throw things, we're going to put it away. So even if your baby can't understand the words that you're saying, you're throwing that, that means we're going to put it away. They're seeing you are putting that away right now. So there's no minimum age. And actually from the beginning, even before they can even talk, it's more about 
retraining you and how you are talking to your kids before they can understand you and sort of getting that lingo down um, before they can even understand you, but they're going to get the cause and effect long before they get your words. Is Have you always been like this? Like, I need to know if, <laughs> if it's like something that is learned, you know what I mean? Like learned behavior as a new parent, or it's something that's in you all the time, because I'm wondering, like, you know, if, if you aren't that type of person, is it going to be a real struggle to try and to get to that point where you can actually, you know what I mean? Like, yes. go ahead with this gentle parenting. So yes, this comes very naturally to me. And I'll talk about if it doesn't in a second, but this, this does come very naturally. I've worked with kids my whole life, my whole since I was like 13, we had a babysitting business around like the neighborhood. We used to put up flyers, have our own phone line. It was very exciting. <laughs> then I worked in daycares and then I worked at day camp. And then I went to teacher's college. I did my degree in child and youth studies. I have to sort of, and, it, and it, it does come naturally this. Like I find when I learn a new gentle parenting, parenting strategy, I'm not like, oh shoot. And I flip everything. I'm like, oh, I can tweak my words a little bit. So I will admit it does come quite naturally to me. There is a parenting person that I follow on Instagram. Her name's Destiny. I forget her last name. And she says it doesn't come naturally to her. And she really has to work on it. And she's like huge in the gentle parenting world. And she oh, wow. said, my first instinct is not to say, oh, honey, it's okay. Her first instinct is like smarten up. Um, and she does have to work a little bit harder on it, but it does work. And something I need to work on, which is good, is that people are like, oh, you must be so kind and respectful. I'm like, to my kids, I am so patient. <laughs> to my husband, <laughs> I'm going to do these same strategies <laughs> elsewhere. So I know what it feels like to need to do <laughs> these strategies. <laughs> like, I am extremely patient with my children. I think that's my best quality as a mom is I am so patient. And to my husband, I'm like, oh, let's <laughs> let's work on it's that. It's a different, if it, yeah, it's a different world. Um, yeah. Honestly, like, I don't know, like, I'm I'm listening to you talk about this. And I think I'm like, you know, this content creator that you followed destiny, where it's like, I don't know that it would be a natural thing for me, like it is for you. It's something that I would definitely have to work on, because I'm, I'm just like, I don't have patience. Tori, <laughs> I don't have patience. To everyone listening at home, I don't have patience. You know, and it's like, okay, like you said, smarten up, let's go. And it's so like, do I know that it's wrong? Absolutely. Do I know that I need to work on it? Absolutely. Do I know that I need to take my kids' feelings and emotions into consideration when I am speaking to them or how I treat them? Absolutely. So we're talking, oh gosh, all about gentle parenting, which is a new thing to me with <laughs> Tori Halpin on the show today. It's going to be a great hour, so don't go anywhere because we'll be back with more right here on The Parenting Show, 640 Toronto. You're listening to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back. This is The Parenting Show right here on 640 Toronto, and I'm your host, Pina Crispo of ChicMama.ca. I've got Tori Halpin joining me on the show today, one of my good friends, someone who I've known since before she was a mama and before she was married, and now here she is. 
She is a content creator talking about gentle parenting, um, successful social media accounts, mama of two, soon to be three. Tori, we're talking all about gentle parenting. And I was like, I don't know what it is and how do we start? But I had a two-part question. And now the second part, like I said, my kids are 11, nine, and seven. And this stuff doesn't come naturally to me. So I need to know if I work on it, should I even bother at this point is what I'm getting at. Like, is, is it too late for me? Is it too late for anyone? Is it something you need to do once the child is like born or, oh, you're 11 years in Pina, just uh, start getting them into therapy. (laughs) (laughs) It is not too late. And well, the first thing is, is just remember that gentle parenting, like all parenting, it's a long game. So it's not like you say this thing once to them and they're always going to be great at it. Hey, we don't run onto the road and they're never going to run onto the road again because you explained it in a gentle parenting way. Everything is a long game anyways. Mm -hmm. So you're there. So two things to your question. If you, I think you're the other route, but if you were a permissive parenting, is it too late to do gentle parenting? No, but if they're not used to boundaries being held all the time, there is going to be pushback. They are going to have a lot of emotions about this. And all of those feelings are valid. I think oftentimes also people say to me, well, I tried to do this, but my kid just cried. So <laughs> that's it's okay. okay. That's okay. That's right? okay. It's okay. okay good. Okay. <laughs> it is okay to cry. It is okay to have your feelings. They can feel however they want to feel. It doesn't mean they're allowed to do whatever they want to do. They can't be upset and kick their brother. They can be upset and cry. They can be upset and scream. They can do whatever they need to do to process those feelings. And the more that they're allowed to experience processing their feelings and regulating their feelings, then the more they'll be able to do it in a more sort of calm way. (laughs) Um, We're going to be upset when you're holding boundaries, but that's okay. And that's what our job is as parents is to keep them safe and to hold boundaries. And now if you're saying I've been too sort of like strict and old school with them and yelling at them and whatever it is, of course, it's not too late either as well. Oh, thank God. Um, Okay. (laughs) I was, I did a, you know, Alison Schaefer, our friend, amazing. Yes. Our good friend, Alison Schaefer, who's been on the show many times. Lovely. Uh, We did an Instagram live together. And one of the questions that came in and it said, my child is so sassy to me, nine years old, so sassy. What do I do? And (laughs) Alison, she like blew my mind because I'm in the toddler world and she's like with older kids and she goes, I'm going to guarantee that you are sassy to your child. <laughs> and they're picking up on that energy back. I can see your face, Fina. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh my gosh. Because I'm like, I know. As soon as you said that, I'm like, oh my God, my girls are so sassy. And now when you just dropped what Allison said about the parent being sassy to them, and that's where they're picking it up from. You guys cannot see me at home, but I just <laughs> put my hands over my face and shame. Shame. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's I where they're that's... getting the sassiness from. I wonder. <laughs> that is a valid point. Isn't that good? Yeah. Everything is a learned behavior. Everything, whether it be the good things or the bad things. Um, we talk about how we don't force our kids to say thank you or please or excuse me. And my kids say, thank you, please, and excuse me all the time. And they've never once been told to. We say, please, and thank you all the time. So just like they're picking up those good behaviors, they're also picking up those sassy behaviors. And it might be funny or what we think is appropriate when we say it to them. But then when they say it back to us, we're like, hold up. But it's like, wait, that phrase is exactly what I just said to them. (laughs) That is so true. Oh, my gosh. I'm just mind blown right now because I didn't. 
I never really realized it. Like, yes, you know that every behavior is a learned behavior. Yes, you understand that. Well, I hope you understand that your children pick up on your energy that you're putting out there um, at a young age. You don't need to be an adult, a teen to pick up on that stuff. So I, yeah. Okay, I'm going to okay, talk well. about another thing that Allison Schaefer said to me, because this is also great. Someone wrote in, I know I'm just the Allison Schaefer, like PR person. Oh, we love Allison Schaefer. We love her. It was just so good. So someone said, um, my child screams all the time and it just, it bothers me so much. And they, my child yes. screams all the time. And she said that they, she looked at the study, whatever it was, children of deaf parents don't scream because there is zero reaction. They bang their feet on the ground. They hit the walls because their parents can feel those vibrations in their house. And that's what bothers them. Whatever your child is doing, they are getting some sort of reaction from you. So what are you doing when they scream? <laughs> you're giving them a reaction, whether it's just attention. Kids love attention. It doesn't matter if they're being praised or if they're just getting any form of attention. Children of deaf parents don't scream. Wow. This is an eye opener. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I should have had this conversation with you and Allison like, a long time ago. It is so late. <laughs> true. But you know what? You just gave me hope in saying that, you know, it is not too late to start gentle parenting. It is not too late to change the way that we speak to our children and bring in that element of, you know what? I'm going to put myself in your shoes. I know that this situation sucks. I know that it's not the best, but, and still keep with the boundaries. Um, you, you made me, yes. Sorry, if you want to go even further, instead of saying, but say, and you're not diminishing their feelings. It's and right. You so know think about, yeah, you did a reel on that. Didn't you? I did. I did. And not but, but think about how you speak to your partner. Um, you're, you're so excited to have date night with your partner and they're working late. Right. And they're saying, I know you really wanted to watch this. I know you're sad, but I need to work late. They're sort of diminishing all of your feelings at first, but it, you're allowed to be sad and I still need to work and then work on everything that needs to go after that. Yeah. And not, but, not but parents listening at home, take note <laughs> and to replace the word, but I love that. I love that. Um, so now I want, I want to talk about something else because we're talking about different parenting styles. And then there's, there's, there's another group of parents and it's the helicopter parents. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I need to protect my child at all times. I need to hover over them and everything they do. So how does that play into everything here? And on top of that, it's, I need to, entertain my child all the time. I need to be teaching them things all the time. I need them to learn it's this before they've even started. And I think that is an, even if you weren't raised by a helicopter parent, it's sort of so prevalent in our society. So when I share things like, oh yeah, when I'm outside with my kids or I'm inside with my kids and they're focused, I don't talk to them and they're totally focused. They're not looking at me. I'm not, people say, how could you ignore them? How I'm not ignoring them. They're not looking at me. They are totally focused on what they're doing and they are learning. They don't need me to jump in and say, oh, did you notice that ball go down? It's going down. They can see the ball go down. So there's this thinking that if we're not telling our kids something, they're not learning anything. 
and that's not true. And I think that that goes so deep into helicopter parenting and stressed out parenting because you think that you need to be on your kids all the time and entertaining your kids all their time. And we are a lot of things to our kids, but we're not their entertainers. We're just not. They are totally capable and they are valid and they can do so many things on their own. And I think that's why parents feel stressed and they feel burnt out and they feel like they are not the parent they want to be. So they're trying to do way too much that just isn't necessary. It's funny that you said a lot of parents feel that they have to be there, all eyes on their children, entertaining them 24 seven, um, because they, they feel that they, that's how they're going to learn. But as you're saying that I'm like, but aren't you teaching them independence? And isn't that such a great thing? If you just do take a step back, like, you know what? My kid is sitting quietly playing with their blocks or with their sibling and they're having fun and they're like doing dress up, like let them be. So what if something falls or, you know, something just doesn't go right. That's how they will learn to deal with things. Exactly. And so they're, they're essentially learning. It's not that you're not there that, you know what I mean? Like, oh, oh gosh, you know, you're a horrible parent. No, they're, they're learning and they're learning independence, which I think is huge and crucial for these kids. They're learning independence and they're learning all those things that we would be there teaching them anyways, but they're learning it on their own, which is going to, there's so many studies on how, if you learn things implicitly, it stays in your brain for so much longer than if someone tells you to do something. So if your child is trying to climb over this log that on this walk that you're on and they're struggling and they're trying to get it and they're realizing like, oh, if I move my foot this certain way, I can get over it rather than you saying, hey, put your foot there. They're not really learning anything. They're not taking it in. So they're actually, not only are they learning that independence, but they actually are learning so much more anyways, just by doing it on their own. And then afterwards, if you wanted to say, oh, hey, I noticed you were doing that, go for it. Talk to them after, but we don't need to interrupt them to teach them things because they're already doing it. And I just think that so many parents are so stressed out and so overwhelmed and you're doing too much. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I know it doesn't have to be that hard. Why do we put all this stress on us? And, And even just going back to what you were saying, like, you know, let them do their thing and that it'll actually stick with them a lot longer if they figure things out on their own rather than them being told. I will tell you, I'm one of those people telling me to do something guess what? I'm not listening to you. (laughs) And I am gonna, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just gonna go my own way anyway. So just let them do it. And the more that you jump in and tell them how to do things, the more they think they need you to tell you how to do things. And then you're not getting any sort of break. If you're telling them, oh, go like this, or you're telling them how to play, um, they think they need you to tell you how to play. So if your kid is pushing a doll stroller around the driveway, and there's no doll in it, don't say, hey, do you want to put a doll in there? They don't care. They're perfectly fine. They're having a great time. But as soon as you're telling them how to play, you're trying to make their play more fun. They think they need you to tell them how to play. And they're coming to you. I'm bored. I need this. I need that. What do I do? And then you're even more stressed out. And then you're more overwhelmed. And then it's just a lot. (laughs) It is. And being a parent is not easy. And it is exhausting. And it is a lot. Like it's a 24 seven job, you know? So if you are constantly on your child, you know, just watching over them, hovering, making sure that they're okay. Um, having that anxiety, that stress that like, oh my gosh, I have to teach them something at all times. That is a lot. And that actually takes away 
from you. And one of the hashtags I always use on social media, and, and the dads can use this too, but I'm a mom, so it's more than just a mom. And I think that once we become moms, we lose ourselves and we're like, oh, I'm a mom and that's it. So yes, I need to be making sure that they're okay. I need to make sure they're learning something. I need to be with them 24 seven. I can't leave them alone. I need to make sure they're, they're happy and healthy. And, but what people are failing to realize is that they can be all of that and more without you holding their hand right beside them at all times. Exactly. And it doesn't mean that we're leaving them truly alone, but it's more like you're mentally leaving them alone. Um, while you're doing yeah you're not going out (laughs) shopping and leaving your children home by themselves and you know the television is babysitting them that is not what we (laughs) mean we are talking like step back a little bit mentally mostly and let them do their own thing yeah it means maybe you're preparing dinner in the kitchen while they're playing in the living room that's what we mean okay (laughs) we're talking all about gentle parenting on the show today with tori halpin don't go anywhere because we will be back with more in just a few minutes this is the parenting show right here on 640 toronto Back to the parenting show with Pina Crispo from chicmama.ca, Toronto's news, today's talk, 640 Toronto. It is Sunday night, and you are tuned into the parenting show right here on 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Pina Crispo of chicmama.ca, and I've got my good friend Tori Halpin, mama extraordinaire, guys. She is absolutely amazing. Um, Tori, I love your content. You talk all about gentle parenting, which I have to admit, if it wasn't for you, I would not know anything about this. And I just watched the reels you put out there and I'm like, wow, like this girl's great. This girl is great. And everyone needs to check out the stuff that you're putting out there. So hold on, I'm going to plug you. And everyone needs to go and follow her. It's Tori Halpin on Instagram. And that's T-O-R-Y-H-A-L-P-I-N. Okay, so everyone go hit follow. Okay, now with that said, we were talking a little bit about helicopter parenting before the break and how, you know, some parents are just like, feel the need that they need to be with their child every single second of the day. Um, And that can be, that can take a toll, not only on the parent, but on the child as well, right? So for the helicopter parents listening, Tori, do you have any tips any advice on how they can maybe slowly take some baby steps backwards so they, you know, they can just ease up a little bit? Well, the first thing- I should say back, not backwards. Sorry. <laughs> Correction. <laughs> um, just you made me think of this comment that I got one time that was talking about how my kid was playing independently. I just do whatever I want. And she's like, what do I do when my kids are playing by themselves? What do I do then? And I'm like- Oh my gosh. You, do you, mama. <laughs> <laughs> you read a book, you read, I listen to audiobooks all the time. You read a book, you listen to an audiobook. I don't know, you fold some laundry, you work on your computer, you scroll on your phone, you can do whatever you want to do. And I think it's just such a, for specifically parents who are sort of in this helicopter parenting mindset, it's such this thing, like, how could I possibly just leave them on their own? Aren't I supposed to be their parent and guiding them all of the time? You're telling me that you're just supposed to sit there and ignore them. <laughs> and 
the first thing is you're, you're not ignoring them. You're really not ignoring them. You're just letting them do their own things. So my three-year-old, he really likes to play with his, he make, makes pretend food. And he made me sweet potato tacos this morning out of his nice. box. And he's doing his own thing. And I'm not talking to him and I'm not saying, oh, what if you put that one there? Or I'm not even saying, oh, oh, and that looks really great. I'm not interrupting his focus at all. He doesn't need me. He's focused. And I'm not, I'm also not ignoring him. If he wants to come up to me and say, mom, I made this for you. Sure. I'll take a pretend bite. He moves on his way. I'm not saying, oh, could you make me a smoothie next? Oh, could you do whatever? I'm not telling him how to play because then he'll think that he needs me to tell him how to play. But you are still talking to your kids and then letting them move on, move on their way. Okay. So just, it's, it's not that hard helicopter parents, just, (laughs) you know, we just need to take one little step back and just, it's baby steps. It's It's baby baby steps. Like I need to take baby steps towards gentle parenting. (laughs) Um, Some people need to take a few back to allow their kids to just like do their own thing, explore and learn on their own. Yes, we're their parents, but we don't have to be there 24 seven. Exactly. And you'll notice that oftentimes your kids will be getting frustrated. They won't even be looking at you. You know, when you're trying to open a jar of salsa and it's like really frustrating, but you don't want to step in right away and be like, oh, I got it. You're trying, you're doing your best. So sometimes I notice my kids are just sort of frustrated on their own, trying to figure something out. And then I look at them, they're not looking at me. They're not wanting help. They're sort of just working through their feelings. They're learning how to be persistent. They're doing that. If they need help, they'll come over and you can sort of gently guide them. Have you tried doing this? What about this? Do you want to take a break? Whatever it is. They don't need us as much as we think they need us. And at first, if you're going to start to sort of implement more of this independent play, whatever it is, um, it's going to be different. It's going to be hard for them. So they're going to be used to you doing this all the time. Um, And if your kids aren't used to playing independently, if they're used to you hovering all the time, it is going to be a little bit of a shift for them. But you are allowed to hold those boundaries. So you don't need to say you need to play right now, but you can say I'm reading my book right now. Do you want to sit beside me or go play? and keep reading your book. You're not sort of saying you can do this, you can do this. You're just reading your book and they're welcome to sit beside you for as long as they need. They might sit beside you for five minutes and then get bored. They might sit beside you for like that whole time that you're doing it and then get bored, but you're holding that boundary and saying, I know this is different. I'm reading my book right now, whatever it is. You're allowed to hold your boundary. And I noticed that that is a big thing in gentle parenting, boundaries. So many. Boundaries. So it is... It is really, really important to um, create these boundaries and communicate these boundaries to our children. Like you said, it's how we treat our children should be the same as to how we treat or speak to anyone in our lives. So if we're going to turn to our life partner and speak to them in a certain way, why wouldn't and and take into consideration their feelings and emotions? Why wouldn't we give that same respect and love to our own children? Exactly. So boundaries. Okay. So I got that. I picked up on that, Tori. Boundaries. I made note. I made note there. Now, okay. Talking about gentle parenting, some scenarios. You had made mention that, you know, you guys, and when I say you guys, I'm talking about you and your husband. You don't force your children to say please and thank you. Correct. So, 
Don't come at me with pitchforks, please. No, no. I, I, but you said they say it on their own anyways, the right? Time, my 19 month old was, well, he'll, he attempts to say, excuse me. Every time he goes past me, I've never once told him to say, excuse me. He says it every single time. My three-year-old said, thank you to me as he, as I gave him his apple juice this morning, because we model the thing with when we tell people, well, I have a lot of tangents on this. <laughs> First thing I want to say is that we as parents, we make kids say thank you and please way more than we say thank you and please. Um, so if your child says to you, oh, can I have some juice? We don't say, what do you say? If your partner said, could you get me some water? Okay. You know what I mean? We For real? Why is this like mind blowing right now? I don't look at, I don't look at someone and say, please and thank you. Did you forget to say something to me? No, you don't. So that's the first thing is if someone is saying something kindly to you, there are so many different ways to say something kindly to them. The other thing is that modeling, as we talked about before with the sassiness, modeling works so well with manners as well. So when we're at the table, I'll say to my husband, yeah. could you pass me the peas, please? And he will. And then my toddler, sometimes he'll say it, sometimes he doesn't. But as soon as you're forcing them to say it, all of a sudden it's about the power struggle and it's not about actually the manners and authentic manners are the goal, not just because they know that they're supposed to say it. So it does work. I like that. <laughs> I like that. And again, it's in the, it, it, that power struggle is a real thing starting at a young age. We're talking gentle parenting with Tori Halpin on the show. We've got some more and you're not going to want to miss it. So stay tuned. Right here, Parenting Show, 640 Toronto. You're listening to The Parenting Show with Pina Crispo from ChicMama.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Parenting Show. I'm your host, Pina Crispo, ChicMama.ca. Today's show is all about gentle parenting, which is new to me. And I'm going to do my best to, you know, take some of these things on, these, these, these little pieces of advice that Tori Halpin is sharing with us today. And of course, mama of two, almost three, content creator and expert when it comes to this whole gentle parenting world. Tori, we were talking about some scenarios before. We've talked about how to start into this gentle parenting world. Is it too late? Um, just so many things. But one thing that's coming to mind is I'm guilty of something, Tori. Um, when the kids don't listen to me, I do. I lose my temper. And if they're behaving badly, I threaten them. I'm just going to say it, okay? You guys know I'm always real, honest, authentic. I threaten my children. I'm like, yeah, well, then if you don't do this, or because you didn't do this, you are not getting this, this, or that. I'm taking, you know, the electronics away. Or something I know that I think will hit them hard. But guess what? It doesn't work. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> Is it the threats? Maybe I shouldn't be threatening them? You think? <laughs> Okay, the problem with threats is that in order for a threat to work, you need leverage and it's going to change every single time. You think you're going to say, oh, no Xbox. And he goes, okay. <laughs> you know right? I mean? And you have to keep listing off their favorite things until it sticks. There's a few different reasons why threats don't work, but the number one thing is just logistically, 
they, they might not care. The other thing is that you're sort of saying something is better than the opposite reason. So if you have a young toddler, you might say, if you don't stop throwing books, you're going up to nap time right now. Okay, well, now you've just told them nap time is bad, right? And now they're going to start fighting you on nap time. You're sort of putting those two things against each other. The other yeah. reason threats don't work is that in their brains, it's too, it's too far removed. So instead of saying, if you or some, if you don't stop throwing your toys, you're not getting ice cream after dinner. That means nothing to them. It's so far away. It's so far removed. When there's no ice cream after dinner, they can't even remember that they were throwing their toys. But instead yeah. of saying, toys are not for throwing. Um, if you want to throw something, you can throw a ball. Toys are not for throwing. They throw it again. I'm going to take away your toy now. We'll put it up there. We'll have it back tomorrow. Whatever it is. That's a clear okay. cause I call it a related consequence is what you're trying to do. Related consequences. So whatever it is, you run on the street. Okay. You hold my hand. It's not that one time my husband, he started off saying something. He said, if you run away, you're going to hold my hand for the whole rest of the walk. And it was such a time. It wasn't even like run away. It was just like, if you're going to, and I'm like, are you really, are you really going to hold his hand for the whole rest of the walk? He's like for five minutes. <laughs> like, there you go. <laughs> so make it related to what is actually happening in that moment. And oftentimes it's going to suck for you. It's going to suck as the parent because it's easier not to. We were in the bath the other day and one of my kids started splashing and water was getting all over the bathroom. And I said, we're not allowed to splash in the mm. bathtub. If you want to splash, you can like turn your body and splash that way. You're not allowed to splash this way. He splashed again, took him out of the bath. He'd been in there for 30 seconds. I had my audio book on. I was so ready just to go. And it would be so much easier for me to be like, okay, get another chance. Okay, we'll do it again. He just learns he's allowed to splash. So boundaries are often just as hard for the parent to hold because you've set up a whole big craft activity and they start painting on the table and they know they're not allowed and they're old enough to know they're not allowed, whatever that is. You have to put yeah. it away and you do. And the quicker and swifter you're able to hold these boundaries, the more often they're just going to know, I'm not going to do that anymore because it's going to get taken away right away. <laughs> and it's hard for and us. I know. And that's the thing. That's the struggle I find too, is that like, there's not enough hours in the day for me to do the things that I need to do now thrown to the mix, three little ones, you know what I mean? School pickup or school drop off, school pickup, dinner, homework. And I'm just like at wit's end that sometimes it's just so easy to be like, oh, to hell with it. Like, I'm not going to follow through because I just need, I just need some me time. Which so I totally get that. Yes. And, but sometimes they will, sometimes, sometimes that is valid, but if you're doing it too often, then they're learning. I can push whatever boundaries I want. So what I say is before you set a boundary, think about if you, if it really needs to be set. So this one, oh my gosh, this one got a lot of hate on Instagram. I, I want to hear this. <laughs> I had a video. I mean, it's so, you're going to be like, silly. Um, my three-year-old, we were walking home and it was a perfectly sunshiny day. He was two at the time. And some people, they had to drain their pool, perfectly clean water. They had to drain their pool because there was a leak in the liner. He wanted to go in the water with his shoes on. I let him. That doesn't mean you have to always let your kids. I knew there was nowhere he needed to go. His shoes. I think I saw this reel. He was splashing. He was jumping in the puddle. His Nike running shoes on. Right. So it wasn't a big deal to me. And it doesn't mean it doesn't need to be a big deal to you. Maybe you're doing something after, but if you're not, it wasn't a big deal to me. So before I hold that boundary, I think, do I need to hold it? I can't say don't go in the water. And then he starts to do it. And then I think, oh, not a big deal. Go ahead, go in the water. Because then he knows yeah. that if he does it anyways, he'll get to do it. 
before you speak, try to think if that boundary is necessary or not. And when you do not hold the boundary, what you're allowed to do, because maybe you realize it actually isn't a big deal. And we as parents are allowed to change our minds. Are you changing your mind because you don't want the tantrum or because you realize it's not a big deal? And those are two very different things. <laughs> that is so good. That's so good. And and again, one thing you keep coming back to is boundaries. So if you are not good at boundaries, this is something that you need to work on. And, you know, it's for every relationship in our lives, not just that with children. Oh my gosh, so much information. Tori, you got a course that just launched on your website, right? I do. And it's talking a lot about what we ended up talking about today. It's all about independent play. And it sounds like such a narrow topic, but it really, I think, encompasses everything (laughs) in childhood. If your kids are content on their own, if your kids don't need to be entertained by you and adults all the time, their lives are going to get easier. Your life is certainly going to get easier. And it's just going to, I really think it sounds like a narrow topic, but it's truly just like the root of everything in childhood, I think, and beyond. There we go. So if people want to um, get more info on that course, where would they go? Toryhalpin.com, T-O-R-Y Halpin, H-A-L-P-I-N.com. And it's also on my Instagram as well. Guys, go give Tori a follow. Honestly, those reels are a godsend. Even for me um, with children, like I said, 11, 9, and 7, I'm going to be using, I'm going to be using these, these tools, these, the tips and advice that you shared with us today. And uh, I'm, I'm going to start on the journey. I'm going to start instead of just watching your reels and saying, oh my God, that's such a great, that's so good that she did that. I am now going to actually implement them in my life and in the lives of my children. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today, Tori. You are awesome. Guys, again, go follow her at toryhalpin.com and online um, on Instagram at toryhalpin. But that is it for us. So again, thank you for taking some time for us today, Tori. I know it's not easy with a baby in the belly and two little ones <laughs> running around. Thank you. This is great. We'll do this every, every week. My husband can watch the kids. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. She just, she just got some time off. I love it. <laughs> if you um tuned in a little bit late and you want to listen back, you can do so on our podcast available anywhere podcasts are available. So go and download and subscribe and you can listen back at any time you like. That is it for us, but we will catch you here next week, right here on the parenting show, 640 Toronto.